Well, thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing me to be here today to share the gospel. I told Brother Gabby that I really wouldn't have liked to preach since I just flew in last night. Uh, but it's, only, it's always that you can't always refuse not to preach. So I probably won't preach a long message, which would be very good. And apart from the fact that you have a limited time to stay in the facility. So that's really good. Uh, that I would <laughs> You see, we live in uncertain times. When we cried and shouted Happy New Year on January 1, 2020, none of us had an idea what was coming our way. We had no means of fast winding to match when the virus actually started multiplying. Now we're in November. Things are still not certain. So we live in uncertain times. Let me put it this way. The future is not certain. The Bible says, what is your life? You don't know, you don't know anything of tomorrow. Riches are not certain. The Bible says riches takes wing. Riches take wings and they fly away. So nothing is actually certain in the sense of certainty. We keep trusting God. We keep believing God. But in the midst of all these uncertainties that I am starting with, I want to talk about something that is certain. You see, we plan our lives and schedules as much as we can. You see, I was supposed to leave the United States on Thursday, but because I had to take a COVID test, I took it on Tuesday, so I thought it was going to be out on Thursday, and the result didn't come out on time, so I had to change my flight, and it disorganized me a little bit and destabilized every other thing I wanted to do. But I kept on planning as if I was going to come. Well, as the Lord will have it, eventually the result came and I was able to leave on Friday. I'm saying that to say that even after I have made the plans, even after I have made the plans, bought the ticket, packed my baggage, I wasn't sure whether I was going to be able to come or not. That's basically what life is. Nobody knows what will happen next or whether things will pan out as planned. So we get stressed about what will happen next. But in the midst of all that, there's something which is certain. So this morning I want to talk about God is faithful. I'm talking about the faithfulness of God. That will be the exhortation for this morning. You see, God's faithfulness is something that we can celebrate. You see, we live in days of unfaithfulness, unfaithfulness in the family. There is so little, that, I mean, there are so few people we can trust anymore. When you read Micah chapter 7, Micah chapter 7 from verse 3, it said, don't trust the people 
that are near you. Don't trust the people of your house. A man's enemies are the people of his household. Trust not in a friend. You see, we live in days when you can't trust many people. There is so little we can trust anymore. Parents can't trust their children. And children can't trust their parents. There's distrust among husbands and wives. Politicians, oh Lord. Let's not even go there. Let's not even talk about politicians. They make us all kinds of promises. And when they are making the promises, they know deep down within them that they are not going to fulfill the promises. Number one, they know that they are not able. Number two, they know that they don't mean it. Number three, they know they won't. But they say it in such a way that, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to turn the mountains to become valleys. We're going to... Don't believe them. I don't. If you do, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> they make all kinds of promises. But they follow through only just on few. Companies are not faithful to their employees. Employers are not faithful but it's in the reality of these unfaithfulness, in the reality of these uncertainties. It is in the midst of these uncertainties and realities that I want to talk about the faithfulness of God. That you can count on God no matter what happens. You can count on God no matter what is taking place. In the society, anywhere, you can depend on him. You see, some, when you see some advertisements, they say, you buy this. And when you buy this, you can be sure. I told my wife several years ago, I bought so many things on the television. And they said, well, it will work. Most of them don't work. <laughs> and you can return them. You see, things are actually a little bit better over there. You can return almost anything and everything. I mean, you buy it, you can return it. You can return it after 30 days. You can return it somewhat after 90 days. I mean, you can return. But what if you can't return it? But they promise you that it's going to work. In contrast to the unfaithfulness and distrust in our times, it is to this reality that I want to celebrate that our God is a faithful God. Our God is a God that can be trusted. And I want to tell you on a personal level, that I believe with all my heart that God has never, never failed anyone. If he has failed you, then you are number one. <laughs> then you have the distinction. If God has disappointed you, you are probably the first person and you are likely to be the last person. Who will be in that category? But God does not fail. God does not disappoint. You see, I cannot think of a time I can tell you, by the grace of God, I have walked with the Lord now for almost these 50 years. I mean, getting to 47 years ago, 1973, the last Sunday of June, I committed my life to Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I got saved. I called upon him. He set me free from the power of sin. And I can tell you, for these past 47 years, there is not a circumstance or situation that I have faced and the Lord has let me down. He has been faithful. I've seen him do miracles. I've seen him do wonders. In difficult times, hard times, in ministry, difficult times. 
I mean, when you are in ministry, you know it is not easy. It is not easy. Now, I've been in full-time ministry for about, since 77. How many years is that? That's 43. So, at least I've been in full-time ministry for the past 43 years. And I can tell you that God is faithful. I'm going to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until you are tired. That God is faithful. That we can trust him. When you think about being faithful, what exactly does it mean? I mean, let's talk about this a little bit. What does it mean? When you think about being faithful, what comes to your mind? You probably think of things like somebody who is steadfast, somebody who is dedicated, somebody who is dependable, somebody who is worthy of trust. If you think about those things, then you're on the right track. That our God is a God who can be trusted. Our God is dependable. You see, the Hebrew word that is translated faithful means to prop up. That you can lean on something, somebody to prop up. To be able to lean on that person. And my brother, my sister, I can tell you, you can lean upon God today. You can lean upon him. It doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter your circumstance. We have a God who takes care of us. We have a God who is mindful of us. I remember the story. I read it somewhere years ago. I, two sparrows were talking. You know sparrows. You know they talk. Two sparrows were talking. And when the two sparrows were talking, one said to the other, he said, why is it that the sons of men just go with their heads bowed down and they can't, they are not happy? And one sparrow told the other, he said, maybe they don't have a heavenly father that cares for them like we have. Because the New Testament says, are two sparrows not sold for a farthing? And then Luke says, are five sparrows not sold for two farthings? Then he said, what's going on? Two sparrows are sold for a farthing. Five sparrows are sold for four farthings. Now, why? It should be two and a half, two and a half. No. You see, the sparrows were so worthless and useless that by the time you bought, I mean, two farthings, instead of giving you four, they give you five. They throw another, they, they throw another one. That's how useless and worthless they were. And despite that, the Bible tells me that God takes care of them. He watches over them. If God takes care of the sparrows, why not you? If you're a child of God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, washed by the blood of the Lamb, and your name is written in the book of life, why not you? And listen to me. If you are listening to me and you are not even a believer, you are not saved yet, what about the love of God? He created you in his own image. You see, you are... You belong to God by right of creation. You don't belong to yourself. For those of us who are saved, we do not only belong to God by right of creation, we belong to God by right of redemption. But if you just belong to God by right of creation, why can't you come and trust this God? We want to lean upon something else. So, somebody who's dependable. When we apply to individuals, it means someone we can safely lean upon. So faithfulness has to do with being trustworthy and loyal. The person who is faithful, is steadfast, is unchanging, is thoroughly grounded in relation to the other. Well, let's talk about this. This is very important. That God is faithful. How do we know that God is faithful? Because the Bible tells us 
The Bible tells us that God is faithful. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, it said, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. The Lord your God is God. You know, I like to hear that. The Lord my God. The Lord your God. That talks about a relationship. The Lord your God. God is the God of the universe. But God is not just the God of the universe. God is my God. I belong to him. He belongs to me. As one of my favorite presidents in America wrote a book years ago that is called The Audacity of Hope. And this is the audacity of trust. That I belong to God and that he belongs to me. He is my God. The Lord your God he is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love. Psalm 36, verse 5. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. That is, it, that's a metaphor to say, wait a minute. It's so high you can get above it. It's so high you can get above it. Your faithfulness to the skies in Psalm 89 verse 5. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord. Your faithfulness too. These are just texts that are telling you that God is very faithful. And then you come to the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. Paul says, God who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ, our Lord is faithful. You know, if you're a preacher, sometimes you really want to say, God, is this what you want me to preach? And one way or the other, God gives you an affirmation and confirmation. When our brother was praying, and he was just praying right there, and he said, God, you are faithful even when we are faithless. I said, yeah, thank you, God. I'm on the right track. <laughs> I just told my God. I, I got the confirmation that I needed. He didn't, he didn't know that. But I just knew that, okay, this is what you want us to hear today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Let everybody says he will do it. What is the IT? I don't know it. He will do it. He will do it. What is the it? What is your eat? He will do it. What is your own eat? Maybe your eat is healing. Maybe your eat is deliverance. Maybe your eat is marriage. Maybe your eat is financial provision. Maybe your eat is baptism with the Holy Spirit. Whatever your eat is, faithful is he who has called you for he will do it. Yes, I know. I know that Paul is talking about sanctification. I know the context. Because we scholars, we say, you put things in context. I know that. I know the context. I know what Paul is saying. And I teach it. But God is God. God is not bound by my scholarship. God is not bound by my exegesis. God is God. I say faithful is he who has called you. He will do it. Put your it there. 
Whatever your eat may be. He will do it. Tell somebody he will do it. Now don't get too close. He will do it. Faithful is he who has called you. He will do it. What did you come? What burden did you carry to the church this morning? What burden did you carry to the church this morning? Maybe you came with a heaviness of heart. You came, you say, well, God speak to me. God, I, I just, I'm going. Maybe the enemy didn't want you to come, but you are here. And God is telling you, I'm here with you. I was ready for you. I was prepared for you before you came. I knew you were coming. And maybe you are just watching this and you are listening to me. You hear the sound of my voice. I want to tell you that faithful is God who has called you and he will do it regardless of where you are, regardless of how big it is, regardless of how tough it may be, regardless of how impossible it may be, because faithful is God who will do it. This God is God. The God we're talking about is a living God. That's why he was able to fight the battles of Joshua for him. That is why he was able to carry the burdens of Moses for him. Because he is the living God. So he can fight your battles. He can carry your burdens. Because he's God. He's faithful. He is a faithful God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Let us hold on suavely to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Listen to me. A promise is only as good as a promisor. A promise is only as good as a promisor. Now, if I tell you this morning I'm going to give you $1,000, don't believe it. Why? Because I don't have it. And if I have it, I didn't prepare to give it to you. Just kidding. But if a promise is only as good as the person who promises you. That's why it is very, it's unfortunate that people will go to idol worshippers. They will go to the stargazers who will be looking and say, you do this. And now when you do this, you will become a millionaire. When they themselves are wearing rags. <laughs> if they are that powerful. If they are that good, why don't they become millionaires on their own? And you go to them, the few shillings you have, you go give it to them. And they are wearing tattered dresses. A promise is only as good as the person who gives the promise. Now, if Bill Gates says he's going to give you $10,000, that's peanuts to him. Believe it. Because he's a billionaire. He has enough to give you. When you know about the promise, that song says, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Because faithful is he who promised. God the creator. Listen, let's go to the scriptures. God has made many promises and he has kept every single one of them. Let me take you to Genesis chapter 8 verses 21 to 22. More than 4,000 years ago, God promised in Genesis chapter 8 verses 21 to 22, never again will I curse the ground because of man. 
even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. God says day and night will never cease. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not stop. Listen, I was walking. I usually walk. I, I, I walk quite a bit. In the morning as I walk, I listen to the scriptures and I was praying for one of my children, my eldest daughter. And I said, God, I was praying for my eldest daughter who is just, I think she's 43, but she's not married. And I was praying for her. I said, it just occurred to me. I said, God, who can prevent the day from dawning? Who can prevent the sun from shining? Who can prevent the moon from coming out? And I said, if nobody can prevent it, you cannot prevent your purpose for my daughter. Nobody can prevent your purpose for my daughter from being fulfilled. I mean, it just hit me. And I can tell you the same thing. God is God. God is faithful. Nobody can stop the purpose and plan of God from being fulfilled in your life. A thousand demons can't do it. Jesus said, upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over my church. You know, people say, well, nuclear something is going to destroy the world. The world is in the hand of God. The world is in the hand of God. I mean, we know, Second Peter tells us what, what God is going to do. But God promised. And today when we see the rainbow in the sky, we remember that covenant. What God has said 4,000 years ago, more than 6,000 years ago, still stands today. Time does not change the promise of God. If God has told you something, God told you something 20-something years ago, and you are beginning to wonder, what did I eat that night when I had a dream? Maybe I ate ugali. And what did I eat? And you begin to wonder, what, what was it? In Shima, whatever it is, what did I eat that night? Maybe that dream. Listen to me. God will do it. I said God will do it. I mean, remember, Joseph, a small boy. Joseph had a dream at the age of 17. At the age of 17, he had a dream. He had two dreams, you know. You know the story very well. The sheaves were bowing down. But listen, from 17, he was sold into Egypt. From, he was put in the pit. From the pit, he went to the prison. And for the next 13 years, he was in prison. For the next 13 years. And it's as if God has forgotten everything. It's as if that dream is not going to come into fruition. It's as if that's the end of the story. Listen, that's not the end of your story. If God told you, hold on to it. If God spoke to you, hold on to it. Because time does not change the promise of God. 13 years was gone. It became 30. Seven years of farming. Seven years of plenty. That is 37. Now, 20 years after. Two years into the farming... When he was 39, his brothers came all the way from Canaan. So between the promise and the fulfillment, there were 32, 22 years. But God's promise did not fail. 
his brothers came to bow down. David killed Goliath when he was only 20 years old. And David was anointed king at the age of 20. From the age of 20 to the age of 30, Saul was running after him. After Saul died, he became king over Hebron at the age of 37. From the promise to the fulfillment, that was a period of 17 years. God did not fail. God kept his word. God fulfilled his promise. Why? Because God is faithful. When God says he will do it, he will do it. Oh, you remember your dad? You say, my dad? Yeah, remember your dad? Remember my dad? Both of us, we have the same dad. Abraham is his name. Remember your dad? Remember my dad? At the age of 75. And God told him, you're going to have a child. And remember, that child did not come until he was 99. 99-year-old man having a child. 84-year-old woman. Come on. Only God. You hear me? Only God. I say only God. You know why? Because he's a specialist in impossibilities. He is a specialist in impossibilities. There's no impossibility with God. You see, in God's dictionary, you don't have all the ims and the ums. Impossible, unrealizable, undoable. In God's dictionary, all the ims and the ums are not available. Impossible, unrealistic, undoable, unbelievable. That's our dictionary. But in God's own dictionary, don't look for all those words. Because with God, everything, as in everything, is possible. When you say everything, when you say 99.9, that is not everything. 99.99999, that's not everything. Everything means everything. Because God is faithful. Listen, let, let's, let's go on. I, I know we, we can't stay here for too long. Every year that comes, every, God does wonderful things. Look at Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 to 16. Listen to what God says. Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. And they will be enslaved and mistreated 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions. Remember the story? The centuries were gone. They ran their weary course. And Abraham's descendants groaned amidst molding bricks without straws. It looks like their problems were increasing. There's no way out. But I tell you, there's always a way out with God. There is always a way out with God. You know, I, I tell people, by the grace of God, I've served this God now for a number of years. And I've seen him do impossible things in my own life. I've seen God. I mean, my second son, my second son, how old is he now? He's going to be 40, whatever it is. 
My second son is going to be 40 in just about a month and a half. When he was born, he was born dead. When he was born, he was born dead, which doctors call stillbirth. He was born dead. The skins are peeled off. January 1, 1981. But God is faithful. I say God is faithful. I was looking at his picture this morning on my phone with my grandson. God brought him to life. That's the God I'm talking about. God raised him from the dead. That's the God I'm talking about. I'm talking about a God who can do everything. As in everything. Who gives life to the dead. You know, people can say anything. God doesn't raise the dead. What? He raised mine. So, you can argue whatever you want to argue. I don't have any time to waste. He raised mine. That's God. Why would, why would somebody not trust this God? Why would we not trust this God? And we have these problems. We go around. Nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows my sorrow. Glory, hallelujah. Sometimes I'm in the valley. Sometimes I'm... Shh. Don't sing it to me. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. We have a God who is able to do all things. Now, let me fast wine. Go to Exodus chapter 12. The rest of the story. Beginning from verse 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Get up now. Leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go. Now, Pharaoh told them to go. Verse 33. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. In verse 35, the Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold. Verse 40. Now listen to this. This is very important. Now the length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, to the very day. Can you see that? To the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt. To the very day. God was not late. He was not early. To the very day. When God promises, he will come through. I say when God promises, he will come through. God is faithful. This is to encourage you to pray. This is to encourage us to pray to know that the God to whom we are praying, the God whom we are serving, the God who we trust is a faithful God. And remember, they miraculously crossed the Red Sea and then because they did not trust God and they found themselves wandering in the desert for 40 years. Now think about this. 600,000 men, the women were not counted. So if you count the women, 600,000 women, if you count their children, we're talking about 2 million people. 2 million people. Where were they going to get what they would eat? Where will 3 million people get what they will eat? You ask me. That's what you see God 
coming out in a wonderful way. I mean, look at it. We live in a desperate situation today. The world is desperate. As we speak, there are people who don't know where to get the next meal. As we speak. There are children of God who don't know where to get the next meal. Not because they are not believers, they are believers. But I want to encourage you. Maybe you find yourself in that situation. I want to remind you that God is still God. We were sent as missionaries all the way from Nigeria. We left Nigeria in 1984. And went as missionaries to the Philippines. And I do remember. The first December 31, 1984. At that point in time, we had only three children. And December 31, we didn't know what, they were going, what we were going to eat by January 1. We did not have anything and we did not know. And here were three kids. Our oldest was just five years old at that point. We just prayed. God is in your hand. And just as the bell rang, Happy New Year, from nowhere, we had a vehicle come and somebody knocked our door. It was a Nigerian diplomat. And he just came in and he brought everything we needed. <laughs> everything. Everything. As in everything. Cook everything. And we fed sumptuously. You know what it means to feed sumptuously? We fed sumptuously. God is faithful. We didn't know what to do. And I can multiply those stories on the mission field. I can multiply those stories. We didn't know where we were going to get money to send our children to school. Just about the time our children were to start school, some missionaries from America, they started a school in the Philippines and they were looking for children of missionaries to sponsor for free. So our children went to school for free. I'm, I'm saying, God is God. They went to school for free. God is God. You know, sometimes, if, if, let me encourage those of you who are ministers. I'm encouraging everybody, okay? But those of you who are ministers, it's not easy. Sometimes you wonder, how are you going to do it? You don't have to wonder how to do it. God will do it. Amen. I said God will do it. Amen. That God will take care of them. We were missionaries and God took care of everybody. God took care of all the children. One of them has a PhD. One is a medical doctor. One is this, one is that. And God has met the need of everybody. We had no savings in the bank. Eight months will go, we couldn't pay our house rent. And we couldn't even transfer to, our, to another place. If it was raining outside, the rain will be coming inside our house. But in the midst of it, God did it. So if you are a minister of the gospel, and you are going through hard times, God is mindful of you. God is mindful of you. You know, sometimes you wonder, what will happen to these children? What? Don't wonder. You know, recently I was preaching to the people in the Philippines and I was talking about, I mean, I've been preaching for the past eight months, six or seven months now, every Sunday. I still preach to them this morning and 
I said, some people say, well, I'm worried about the future of my grandchildren. I'm not worried. You know why I'm not worried? Because when I'm dead, my grandchildren will still be here. And I can't come back from the grave to take care of them. So if I'm worried now, I'm just worrying myself for nothing. Number two, why would I worry when God is alive? Why should I be worrying about the future of my grandchildren? Can't God take care of them? All right, I, let, let, let me go on, let me go on. Quick, I'm watching the time myself. Thank God for that clock there. God, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 to 4. Thank you for projecting it. Remember the Lord your God. He led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you will keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. I like that. He caused you to hunger and then he fed you with manna. He caused you to, he made you hungry, but he did not only make you hungry, he provided food for you to eat. And then he says that for you to know that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during those 40 years. I wish I had the kind of shoe they wore so that I wouldn't have to be changing my shoe every, every quite often. Verse 12, God faithfully provided for them, not for days, not for weeks, not for months, for 40 years. The riches of God are inexhaustible. The riches of God are inexhaustible. He provided for them. And then after that, I'm actually not where I'm going yet, but I'm mindful of the time. I'm still, my real text, I've not gotten to my real text. So this is just introduction, okay? You say, well, if this is introduction, when is it going to finish? Don't worry. Sit tight. Just. I've not got into my retext. But after that, you remember, God brought them into the land of promise, established them, and then because of their continual disobedience, he allowed another nation to destroy them. Now, let's go to my text for today. Don't worry. It's not going to be that long. Turn with me, turn your Bibles with me to Lamentations. Lamentations. Remember, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. Don't look for Lamentations in the New Testament, it's in the Old. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3. In Lamentations chapter 3, I am the man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his mouth. He has driven me. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely against me, he has turned his hand. You see, now at this time, the problem of the children of Israel, they were under servitude to another nation. You see, the book of Lamentations is not a happy talk book. That's why we call it Lamentations, Weeping. It's a book of weeping and crying. 
It's a book of agony. But I want you to know that in the midst of your pains and in the midst of your crying today, I'm offering you hope. Why? Because God is faithful. The Bible says, weeping endures to a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Weeping may endure to a night. So when you read Lamentations chapter 3, chapter 1 verse 1 tells us, it describes the city in chapter 1 verse 1. How deserted lies the city, once so full of people. How like a widow is she, who once was great among the nations. She who was queen among the provinces has now become a slave. What a bleak scene indeed. But as Jeremiah lamented, look at chapter 2, verse 18. The hearts of the people cry out to the Lord. O wall of the daughter of Zion, let your tears flow like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief, your eyes no rest. So we read in chapter 3, he said, I'm a man who has seen affliction. But let's fast wind. Let's fast wind quickly and go to verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Because, let's read on. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's where I am going. In Jeremiah's mind, there was still a ray of hope. And this ray of hope was in the Lord. It was in his unfailing love and his mercies. You see, this is what Jeremiah embraced in those dark days. Maybe, maybe, just perhaps, the days are dark. And my brother, the bishop that we prayed for, I know the days are dark because as we were praying here, I just said, Lord, you know how I feel when my wife has ordinary headache. I know how I, know how I feel, how I can't bear it when my wife has ordinary headache. I'm almost running crazy myself, not to talk of what you are going through. These are dark days, but God is going to come through for you. These are dark days. I know it must be. I was just thinking about that. I mean, I was praying, but I was thinking about it. I said, Lord, if this is what happens to me, what could my brother be going through at such a time like this? These are dark days. But God brought you here this morning to remind you that the God you serve, the God to whom you have committed your life, the God who is your father, the God who has called you, that that God is faithful, he will not abandon you, he will not leave you, he will see you through, and he will give you a song in the night in Jesus' name. Yeah. This is your night, but he will give you a song in the night. Jeremiah embraced the faithfulness of God. He remembered the unfailing love of God. He remembered that great is your faithfulness. It is the faithfulness that I want us to celebrate this morning. And I want us to embrace it this morning. As we continue to think about who God is. God is faithful. You know, my sermon is almost finished. Because I just read the text I wanted to read. You just said that is introduction. The message itself is only one line. 
The entire message is one line. Great is your faithfulness. That's my message for you this morning. What has God told you? What has God spoken to you? What are you holding on to? Hold on to it. Hold on to his promise. Hold on to his word. Hold on to him because he will not fail. He will not fail because he will fulfill his word. Let's celebrate the faithfulness of God. Let's rely on the faithfulness of God. Let's trust on the faithfulness of God. Things may be dark. Things may be difficult. Trust in the Lord and don't despair. He's a friend so true. No matter what the troubles are, Jesus will see you through. Sing when the day is bright. Sing through the darkest night. Every day, all the way. Let us sing, sing. Sing. Sorry, worship team. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get the key right, okay? <laughs> Trust in the Lord and don't despair. He is our friend so true. No matter what your troubles are this morning, no matter what your difficulties are this morning, no matter your darkness this morning, no matter your problems this morning, sing when the day is bright. Sing through the darkest night. Why? Why can you sing? You can sing because God is faithful. He will not fail you. God is faithful. Would you mind standing up on your feet for a let's stand up just for a moment? Don't forget. Remember two sentences you need to go with. God will do it, and God is faithful. If somebody asked you, what did you hear in the church this morning? Two sentences. God will do it and God is faithful. So I want you to, I, I want you now, I want you now to bring your eat to him. What is your eat? I want you to pray over your eat. Whatever your eat is, let's bring it to God because he will do it. Because he's God. Let's talk to God. Hallelujah. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. If you are not a child of God, why don't you come to him today? Come to Calvary. Let him forgive you. Repent of your sins. Call upon him. Don't let iniquity be your ruin. Jesus loves you. He gave himself for you. He shed his blood for you. Trust him today. Call upon him today. And he will set you free. And you child of God, why do you go about crying day and night and you forget that your father... Is God, your God, the Lord is your God. And you remember he will not fail. Remember he will not disappoint you. Remember he will not let you down. Politicians may let you down. Your father may let you down. Your mother may let you down. Your friends may let you down. But God will not let you down. Father, we want to thank you for this morning. We thank you because you are a faithful God. The reason we can gather together this morning is because we gather together to a God who says my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. You say where two or three are gathered together in your name. You are there and you have been faithful to that. 
You have been faithful to that. So, Lord, we are conscious of your presence this morning. We know you are here as the almighty God. We know you are here as the living God. We know you are here as the omnipotent God. We know you are here as the God who is able to do all things. It is without assurance and confidence that we call upon you this morning. You know what is going on in our lives. You know the trials we face. You know the mountains we face. You know the difficulties we face. You know the cloud that is hanging over us. You know what is going on in our families, Lord. You know the problem with, with, with our children who are wayward. Lord, you know what we're weeping about every night and crying to you. And we're saying, God, how long? When are you going to do this? How long? How long? Father, I am praying this morning that you come through by your power, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, because you are faithful. Lord, you said we should cast all our burdens. Cast all our burdens upon you. Cast all our burdens. We cast our burdens upon you this morning. Because we know you care. Because we trust you that you will do it. And that you are faithful. We bless you, Lord, and we adore you. Lord, we thank you because you will do as you have promised. We bless you. To you alone be the glory and the honor and the praises in Jesus' name. And let the people of God say...